Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Monday, January 16th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Fritschner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. So much to get to after a jam-packed three days of basketball. Just like on Friday's show, we'll go through this in the order of how everyone played. It was a crazy one at UD Arena on Friday night as Dayton had any slim at-large hopes dashed at the hands of the VCU Rams after a stunning collapse late in the game. Dayton was up by four with less than 30 seconds to play, but the Flyers turned it over three times in those final 30 seconds and conceded five points to find themselves on the losing end of a 63-62 final score. This was almost unthinkable after Dayton was up 33-19 at halftime and 60-53 with less than three minutes to play. Dayton only made nine shots from the field in the second half as opposed to VCU's 18 made shots. It didn't help that Deron Holmes had an off game on Friday, going just 4 for 10 from the floor and finishing with 13 points. Tumani Kamara had single-handedly kept Dayton in the game. He finished with 27 points and 11 rebounds, and yes, you can point to the fact that he had no assists and nine turnovers, but... UD wouldn't have even been in the position they were in to win the game without his production. Kamara and Holmes were the only two players in double figures for the Flyers who desperately need Malachi Smith and Kobe Elvis back in the lineup if they want to seal up the A-10 and get to the NCAA tournament by winning the conference tournament. This was a very disappointing result for Dayton, no two ways about it. VCU has now won at Dayton three years in a row, including Dayton's last home loss, which was over a year ago to the Rams on January 5th. Like I said, any glimmer of hope for UD to sneak in the tournament with an at-large bid was dashed with this loss because it likely would have taken an 18-0 conference season to even put the Flyers in that conversation after what happened in the non-conference. Dayton is still the best team in the A-10, but now they're tied for first at their 4-1 record with St. Louis and VCU. Did Kentucky catch lightning in a bottle, or was Saturday a glimpse into what the stretch run of the season will look like for the Wildcats? Kentucky went to Knoxville and beat number 5 Tennessee 63-56 in a shocker. Outside of a bad start, to the game where the Volunteers jumped out to an 8-0 lead. This was a game Kentucky controlled most of the way. We were talking in the Chatterbox offices on Friday, and I said how I fully expected Kentucky to win a game like this at some point that they shouldn't win. However, I had absolutely zero expectations that this was the spot where it would happen. With Tennessee touting the best defense in the country and Kentucky's offense looking terrible, I didn't see any path to victory on the road for Kentucky barring some major adjustments. And credit to this group, though, because adjustments were made. And this looked like the Kentucky group that so many people were expecting to see all season. Oscar Shibwe went for 15 points and 13 rebounds in 39 minutes. Antonio Reeves led Kentucky with 18 points, and C.J. Frederick knocked down three threes. There were a lot of complaints about the officiating in this game, but with Kentucky leading by four with just over a minute and a half left, they overcame all of that adversity and buckled down to win it. It's really hard to understate how big of a win this is for Kentucky. With Cason Wallace, 
Frederick, Reeves, Jacob Toppin, and Shibway on the court at the same time, the Wildcats can do some damage. Yes, Tennessee is prone to scoring droughts. I know that. But they are a legitimate top 10 team who had no business losing this game at home. Now, again, the biggest question is, can Kentucky carry this forward or did they just have one good afternoon? Louisville was not as fortunate on Saturday, losing by 21 at the hands of North Carolina at the Yum Center, 80-59. to I mentioned on Friday's show how UNC star Armando Baycott was questionable for this game with an injured ankle, but the Tar Heels ended up letting him play. He seemed pretty healthy, too, gathering a double-double with 14 points and 16 rebounds in 25 minutes. Five different Tar Heels scored in double figures. L. Ellis tried to keep the Cardinals in it, scoring 22, but he just wasn't all that efficient, finishing 6 of 16 from the floor. It was another tough afternoon for the Miami Redhawks, losing 75 to 61 at Ball State. Makai Larry led Miami with 17 points. Miami struggled from the perimeter, making just one three the entire afternoon on 13 attempts. Cincinnati gutted out a close 54-52 win on the road at SMU. The Bearcats led by two at halftime, and the second half was close, but after SMU hit a three to open the final 20 minutes, once UC quickly regained the lead, they never gave it back up. UC went on an 8-0 run in the first few minutes of the second half to stretch the lead to as many as seven, and then the teams traded baskets the rest of the way for the most part. The last points of the game were scored with a minute and 26 seconds left on the clock as SMU hit a three to cut the deficit to two, but from there got the stops they needed to win the game. Victor Locken had a standout defensive performance, garnering a lot of praise for the eight blocks he posted in the game. Landers Nolly and Micah Adams-Woods both had 16 points to lead the Bearcats and were the only two UC players to score more than six points. Justin Williams of The Athletic, who has appeared on this show several times, wrote a great article earlier last week about how Cincinnati needed to start winning tight games like this, where survival is important. That no matter how you win, whether it's pretty, or in this case, as he wrote, ugly, a win is a win. Cincinnati is now 13-6 overall and 4-2 in the AAC. Wright State played a thriller against Milwaukee with the Raiders earning a 78-74 road win in overtime. Trey Calvin and Brandon Knoll both had 23 points for Wright State in a game that was close throughout. Not only was it tied at the end of regulation to force OT, but it was tied at halftime as well. The win puts Wright State at 4-4 in the horizon. Northern Kentucky rebounded from a tough loss on Thursday to that Milwaukee team. They easily beat Green Bay on Saturday, 74-53. Marquez Warwick had 21 to lead the Norse. Chris Brandon posted a double-double with 16 points and 11 rebounds, and Sam Vinson scored in double figures with 13. The last area game was one of the biggest in the country this weekend, Number 12 Xavier hosted number 25 Marquette at the Cintas Center, and Xavier earned a tight 80 to 76 win in front of a sellout crowd. This win, combined with other results that I'll get to in a minute, likely means Xavier will be in the top 10 when the new rankings are released this afternoon. The win also extended Xavier's winning streak to 11 games 
They now sit at 15-3 and overall in the season and a program best 7-0 and in the Big East. Marquette jumped out to an early lead, but Xavier responded, and the teams traded buckets for much of the first half. Coming into the game, these were two of the top five offenses in the entire country, but Marquette shot just 25% from three, and Xavier was only a little better at 28%. The difference was in the front court, where Xavier out-rebounded Marquette 45-32. to Jack Nungy had 16 points and 13 rebounds in a dominant effort and was one of six Xavier players to score in double figures. I feel like I keep repeating myself by talking about Jerome Hunter, but it's hard to talk about Xavier right now without mentioning how well Hunter is playing. He had 11 points, four rebounds, and two assists, and is proving to be one of Xavier's most vital components to the team's success. While Sule Boom had a quiet day from the floor shooting 5-for-15, he went 4-for-4 from the free throw line, all in crunch time. Listen to this crazy stat from the Cincinnati Inquirer's Adam Baum. In the final minute of Xavier's last three games, Sule Boom is a perfect 16-for-16 at the foul line. Xavier has won those three games by a combined 15 points. That is an incredible stat, and it backs up the point that even if Boom might not be having his normal day from the field, he's still going to have a major impact on the game. After allowing Marquette to score 48 points in the first half, the Golden Eagles only scored 28 points in the second half. This goes back to what I said last week, where it seems like even though Xavier might not be ranked very high in defensive metrics, they still buckle down and get the stops when they need to win the game. Xavier now goes to Chicago for a game against DePaul on Wednesday before returning home to play Georgetown on Saturday. This was the second Saturday in a row that featured a ton of upsets across the country. I already mentioned number five, Tennessee, losing to Kentucky. Number two, Kansas barely survived at home against number 14, Iowa State, beating the Cyclones by two. Number four, Alabama showed again why they might be the best team in the country right now. They beat LSU's 106-66 and stayed unbeaten in the SEC. Alabama has won all five SEC games by at least 11 and has won their last four by at least 22. But now, here's the upsets. Number nine, Arizona got blown out at Oregon, losing 87-68. to Number 17, TCU, upset number 11, Kansas State, with ease, 82-68 to in a game that was never really close. Creighton handed number 19, Providence, their first loss in Big East play. Vanderbilt beat slumping number 15, Arkansas, 97-84. Number 16, Miami, was on the road at NC State, and the Wolfpack fended off the Hurricanes, with Miami losing for the second time in three games. Number 20, Missouri, lost their second straight game and third in their last four, losing by nine to Florida in Gainesville. Number 7, UCLA, and number 10, Texas, both needed late rallies to win their games, with UCLA beating Colorado by 14 in a game that was closer than the score indicates, and Texas beating Texas Tech by 2. Indiana also beat number 18, Wisconsin, 63-45, and number 24, Duke, lost to Clemson by 8. Yesterday, there was a major upset in the Big East, with St. John's winning on the road at number 6, Connecticut. 
Not only will Xavier probably be in the top 10 in today's rankings, but they will also probably be the highest ranked Big East team as well. Today, there is daytime basketball because of Martin Luther King Day. It's a Fox doubleheader starting with Georgetown Villanova at noon, then a big one in the Big Ten with Purdue visiting Michigan State at 2.30. All right, everyone, if you're new to sports betting since the first of the year, here's something I'll tell you. If you're listening to someone give picks, you want them to either be red hot or ice cold. Preferably red hot, but either way, as long as they're streaking, you know what to do. You either fade them, which means you don't take their picks, or if they're red hot, you tell them. Well, I'm about as ice cold as I've ever been in my life, which is par for the course given how red hot I was right before I started the Paul's Pick of the Day segment prevented by Betfred's, presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Water usually finds its level in sports betting. The weekend started with Villanova losing to Butler at Hinkle on Friday and failing to cover the plus one that I gave out. And then forget covering, Tennessee lost outright on Saturday. Yesterday, though, Iowa won easily, but that didn't really make up for the 0-2 start to the weekend. If you know me, though, you know that I'm not a quitter. I'm going to put my head down and get back to work and do my best to find the good and loyal listeners of the Rebound Rundown a winner for tonight's slate of games. And if you want to fade me because of how cold I am, then by all means, I can't blame you for a second. But here's what we're rolling with. Illinois minus nine at Minnesota. I know Minnesota's coming off that road win at Ohio State, but Illinois is starting to trend in the right direction again. That'll do it for today's rebound rundown. Who day, everybody. Big ol' who day to Bengals Nation. Paycor Stadium was electric last night. So much fun being down there in downtown. Have a great Monday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>